You are Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. The title sponsor on today's show is our good friends at Built Bar. They're protein bars that taste like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On and save yourself $10 on your first order. Glad to have them on board and glad to have you guys with us on a Monday. A lot to get to. We're going to talk some BYU basketball today. A look at the roster as it stands currently after it appears BYU is locked up. They're 2020. 2021 roster with two additions from this past weekend. We'll look at the front court and the back court and how things appear to be for BYU basketball. We'll also get to our player countdown series as we continue to get you ready for BYU and Utah to kick off the 2020 season just 66 days away from today. Who is the best Cougar to have worn that number? Well, it might be somebody who didn't wear a BYU football number, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well on today's show. Today's show also brought to you in part by our good friends at Rock Auto and All Guard Pest Control. We'll tell you about them as the show rolls out today. With that rundown out of the way, let's get to it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for June 29th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for The Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your daily podcast to focus on the BYU Cougars with us here. A reminder for you guys, if, if you have forgotten, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, just to name some of the top-level podcast providers out there. Also, a bevy of others, Pocket Cast, our good friends at Overcast, Himalaya Podcast, podcast app regardless make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this show and big thank you in advance for your continued support and joining us each and every day as we talk BYU sports all right let's kick off today's show first things first a little thing that's a house cleaning item I guess I should say and it's just near and dear to my heart is my heart goes out to the many people who have been affected by fires this past weekend across the state of Utah particularly in Utah County. There was the Traverse Fire that came dangerously close to houses on Traverse Ridge. I live in Saratoga Springs, luckily on the north end of the city near Lehigh, but the south end obviously under evacuations as I record this actually on a Sunday night. A little bit of a pulling back the curtain. I actually record most of these podcasts the night before, then they go up overnight for the next day. And uh, Wind is howling, so if you hear a little bit of a background noise where I normally record when the wind really blows, you might... uh, pick it up a little bit in the background so apologies for that but regardless my thoughts and prayers and hopes are with the many people who've been evacuated here in Saratoga Springs hopefully they can get the fire under control despite all of the wind and people can return home and we don't have to have loss of structures that that's the worst part about wildfires and Let's be honest, people. We need to be smart. We are living in a virtual tinderbox here in the state of Utah, and this coming weekend is the 4th of July, Independence Day, and we like to celebrate with our fireworks. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but be responsible. Do not light fireworks where they're not supposed to be lit. If it feels like it's too dry where you're at to light off those fireworks, follow your gut feeling. Just be smart, and that's all I'm asking. I'm not going to tell you guys fireworks should be banned. That's not my place to do that. All I'm asking is for you guys to be smart. That's the biggest thing, and celebrate responsibly. Jeez, that sounds like a beer ad. Anyways, apologies for that, but uh, regardless, just be smart out there, everybody. I know you guys are smart people that listen to this podcast, and let's just try and keep the fire damage and the fire uh, wildfires to a minimum. How 
Capiche? All right. Sounds good. All right. Kicking off today's show, let's actually get to the good stuff here. Wanted to get that out of the way off the top, but obviously BYU basketball in the headlines once again. Two additions from this past weekend. Of course, the high-profile signing of, of Caleb Lohner out of Wasatch Academy. That came Friday evening, and then on Saturday, uh, Brandon War, a transfer guard, a walk-on to the BYU basketball program from Westminster College in Salt Lake City, announced that he'll be spending his final year of eligibility playing with the Cougars. So they come in and appear to have solidified everything that BYU had planned for their roster. Now, you look at it, there are 13 scholarship players, plus three or four walk-ons who are expected to be, I guess, part of the team that Mark Pope will take into the 2020-2021 season. Now, I want to take a minute here and talk about both the front court and the back court and how things look for BYU. So let's start off with the back court here. And my biggest question mark for this group, which is led by Brandon Averett and Alex Barcelo and with Connor Harding as well, those three kind of the lead dogs for BYU, is how are they going to go about protecting the or protecting both Averett and Barcelo on defense? Marcelo is a quote-unquote bulldog, just ask Mark Pope about it, but his inability to guard guys bigger than him is going to be an issue for BYU, and Averitt's the same way. Both of them will give you everything they've got. I've got no doubt about that, but when you're 5'11", in the case of Averitt, and what, 6'1", 6'2", in the case of Alex Barcelo, well, when you have a guy who's 6'4", 6'5", or taller than that going against you, eventually all of your length is going to be overpowered and BYU is going to have to cover that up. The nice part is, as we'll get to here in just a minute, is BYU's front court depth and the length and the size that they have this year is next level. And we'll talk a little bit about that and that might be able to help cover some things up. But the nice part is, is having a guy like a Connor Harding there who has proven to be a defensive stopper. Harding loves getting it down and dirty on the defensive end of the floor. He proved that this past season, really took on that defensive stopper role when he was on the court, was unafraid to, cover, to guard guys who had been the opposing team's best scorer. And I think his ability to shoot and also contribute on the defensive end is going to find a place for him to start for BYU. Whether that's at the two spot or the three spot, and I know that basketball is becoming more and more positionless, but regardless, wherever he lines up on the court for BYU, I think you're going to have a hard time not starting Connor Harding as it stands right now. But that doesn't mean there's other. T- there's not a lot of other talent in BYU's backcourt. You think of guys like Trevin Nell, who is going to be healthy once again this year. Gideon George coming in from the junior college level. You also have a Spencer Johnson, another JUCO transfer. And then just don't worry, you have Hunter Erickson coming in from Timview High School off a of mission, who was one of the more athletic guys I have seen in recent years in the Utah high school ranks. And he's expected to come in and challenge for time right away if he's hel- if he's able to knock off the mission rust, etc regardless it looks like BYU in the backcourt is going to have a lot of depth to it not necessarily as proven as a year ago because you can think of guys like TJ Hawes and Jake Toulson along with the other seniors in that group Zach Selyus etc their ability to really step up in key moments and hit a big shot or get a big rebound or make a key defensive stop that type of stuff does BYU have that we're going to find out. It's a younger crew in the backcourt for BYU this year, but there's plenty of talent there. They just need to go out and prove that they're, you know what, we're just as good as those guys from a year ago. We just may not have the same name recognition that they do, and that's going to be the biggest thing. But I think right now, BYU, if I had to write it down myself, the starting backcourt for BYU 
as it stands today, so June 29th, 2020, what, four or five months away from the start of the college basketball season, I would say at the one, you're starting Brandon Averett. At the two, you got Alex Barcelo. And at the three, you've got Connor Harding. That's subject to change, obviously. I think a guy like Caleb, Caleb Lohner absolutely would like to come in and have a say about that. You're going to have a walk-on in Jesse Wade if he's able to stay healthy, challenging for time at the one or two, and his ability to play at a high level was proven in the high school game, but it hasn't been proven in the college game. And if he's able to stay healthy for any significant stretch of time and get onto the court, who knows what we might see from him, and that would be fun to see. But for the time being, it's going to be his ability to stay healthy is the, is the biggest concern for him. It's not that it can he challenge for time. He needs to prove, that, you know what, my knee issues are behind me and I can contribute just to give me that opportunity. So can Caleb Lohner come in and crack that number three spot and take it away from a person? We're going to find out. I think he's also capable of contributing along the front court. The bigger issue is the front court might have more of a log jam in terms of minutes for guys that have the talent. Well, and we'll get to that here in just a second. Before we do that, though, need to take a second today and talk to you about our good friends at Built Bar. You've heard me talk about this company over the past, what, three months or so? I love Built Bars. I'll get that right out of the way right off the top. I am biased for this company and for a good reason. These are the best tasting protein bars on the market, bar none. And they're going about revolutionizing the protein bar game. They want everybody to enjoy their protein bars and allow those protein bars to help them along their health journey. Built Bars taste like a candy bar, but they have all the health benefits of the leading protein bars out there. Low calorie, low sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. They want to help you guys, whether you're a guy or a gal, along your health journey wherever you're at. They're delicious. They have incredible flavor profiles. I had a peanut butter brownie for breakfast just yesterday. Just, it's absolutely one of my favorite flavors. I love peanut butter brownie. It's one of the best flavors they've got. But there are well over 20 different flavor profiles right now from Built Bar. And they can find the right taste for you. They're a nut-free facility that uh, produces their nut-free flavors. They also have chocolate and nut flavors also. Regardless of whatever your favorite flavors are, your favorite tastes, I can guarantee it. Built Bar's probably got something for you. So check them out, guys. Go to builtbar.com to learn more about this company. If you live in the state of Utah, this is a local company based right here in Utah County, and they'd love to have your business. You can go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N. Get ten dollars off your first order. Once again, that's builtbar.com. Our good friends here on the podcast wanting to help you guys out and save some money in the process. BuiltBar.com, get the best tasting protein bars, but also save yourself $10 on your first order by using the promo code LOCKEDON. That's our good friends at Built Bar, proud sponsor of the Locked On Cougars podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control, a company that I love and I would love for you guys to check them out as well. All Guard Pest Control is a local company here in the state of Utah that wants to take care of any and all pest control issues that you might have. They take care of my home. I hope you'll trust them to take care of yours. And right now, Seth and his team, they're taking the utmost precautions with the COVID-19 pandemic ongoing. They're wearing gloves. They're wearing masks when they come in your home. But they want to make sure your home is protected against any type of pest. Whatever you've got invading your home, they can handle it. Termites, mice, ants, spiders, Katie did's, uh, what, whatever. I don't care. Mormon crickets. 
I don't care what kind of pest you've got invading your home. Allgard Pest Control will take care of it for you guys. I love this company. I said that just barely, but they do the best job I have found in the pest control industry. I used to sell pest control for a time, so I can tell you this much. I know a little bit about the industry, and I know that Seth and his team, they are stand-up dudes, and they do a great job taking care of your home. You can call them anytime you have a need, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. 1812. Check them out online as well at allguardpestcontrols.com. What I love about Allguard is they're not going to be a company that's knocking on your door saying, hey, you want us to spray for your bugs? They don't go about their business that way. They believe in being stand-up guys first and foremost. They want to make sure the customer is always right. They're not going to try and hide anything from you. They're honest dudes and big BYU fans to boot. And like I said, they're a local company here in the state of Utah, capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch fronts. Whenever you need them, all guard pest control will be there for you guys, and they'll make sure you're taken care of. I love this company. I can't express enough about how great of a job they've done at my house. I can say this honestly. Since they came this past time to treat my home, I have not seen any of the issues my wife was freaking out about and telling me to call Allgard to come out and treat us for. That is a testament to how good of a company this is. So check out Allgard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on Locked On Cougars. Once again, their phone number, 801-851-1812, or check them out online at allguardpestcontrols.com. All right, guys, as I just mentioned, BYU's front court is going to be very tall and long this year, and that's something they struggled with a year ago. When Yoli Childs might have been your most experienced and best front court player alongside a guy like Kobe Lee, and that was about it for you, well, you had issues. But this year, that's not going to be a problem for BYU. Right now, in the front court for the Cougars, they have some of the they're just maybe the biggest lineup BYU has seen in quite some time, if not ever. They're led, obviously, by Matt Harms, who comes in as a seven foot three transfer from Purdue, one of the elite rim protectors in the college game during his career to this point. There's no reason to not believe that he's going to do that again for BYU this upcoming season, just simply due to his size. But he's got plenty of competition in the front court for BYU. You think of guys like Richard Harward, Gavin Baxter, uh, even go down to Kobe Lee, who I just mentioned, Wyatt Lowell in the front court at six foot ten, and another UVU transfer. There are six or uh, six guys on this roster who stand six foot nine or taller for BYU, and there's a lot of length amongst all of that height, and that is going to make BYU one of the toughest teams to score on on the interior, I hope, and I'm, I'm thinking that's the way it's going to look for BYU, and I can guarantee you this, Mark Pope is going to require all of these guys to show their ability to defend before they show their ability to score on offense. Does that make sense? They have to prove their worth on defense before they get their opportunity on offense. I think that's a positive for BYU. I think the ability for this team to protect the rim and just absolutely get after opposing teams, just make it almost impossible to score at the rim, is going to make BYU even better on defense than they were this past year. And they were a pretty solid defensive squad in Mark Pope's first year. Like I said before, the issue with having both Alex Barcelo and Brandon Averett on the court together, despite their size disadvantage, well, the thing that covers that up is having a guy like a seven foot three Matt Harms and potentially a six foot ten Wyatt Lowell at the four and five spots for BYU that just absolutely are monstrous. I know that Lowell isn't necessarily the most elite defensive player, but his ability to score on the other end is going to help him out. 
I think the nice part about what BYU's got going is they can actually mix and match their bigs to protect one another and also protect their backcourt when it comes to defense. To use the Utah Jazz analogy, there are Utah Jazz players who may not be the best defensive players in the league and might be downright bad in certain cases. I'm thinking of guys like Boyan Bogdanovich. But guess what? They're better when they have a guy behind them like a Rudy Gobert, who is the defensive player of the year for the Utah Jazz in the NBA. When he's able to cover up a lot of what you may have done wrong, well, it makes you look a lot better. And I think that's what BYU's got for their backcourt this year is just the ability to mix and match bigs to really be elite defensively and also score if they need to. Wyatt Lowell, Gavin Baxter have got some offensive chops. I think a guy like Kobe Lee developed a nice little bit of an offensive game. Matt Harms reportedly can shoot out to the three-point line despite being seven foot three. I think that BYU, if there's a guy that struggles on defense, let's say Wyatt Lowell, he's not necessarily known as a defensive stopper, but his offensive game makes him elite. Can you pair him with a guy like Matt Harms, who's seven foot three and is just absolutely a beast to score against at the rim? Can you cover up the deficiencies of a Wyatt Lowell with a Matt Harms? I believe you can. I also believe you could put a guy like Gavin Baxter on the court and his freakish athleticism around the rim to protect it, alongside like a guy like Kobe Lee, who is the ultimate hustle guy. The mix-and-match ability for the BYU basketball program this year, I think, is going to be their calling card. The issue is, are all these guys going to be okay with maybe taking five minutes less to allow their teammates to also have time on the court? That's the bigger concern here in this front court. There are five guys I count, and maybe a sixth if you have Wyatt Lowell, not Wyatt Lowell, Caleb Lohner, excuse me, the O sound got me screwed up there. If you count uh, Caleb Lohner as a four-man for BYU, there are six guys on the roster right there who are going to expect to contribute right away. You also could insert other guys like Gideon George with his ability with a seven-foot-one wingspan to play the four spot if need be at six-foot-six. There is a glut of bodies, a glut of talent in the front court for BYU, and I think it might be an issue in terms of some egos getting in the way. I hope I'm wrong about that, but these are all competitive young men. Anybody who's played high-level athletics, and I'm not including myself in that conversation, I do this from an observational standpoint, but high-level athletes, they're competitive. There's no doubt about it. You don't become the best at your sport by simply being lackadaisical and not wanting it. You have to want it to be the best. And all of these guys are competitive guys. Are they going to be okay with maybe a perceived lack of minutes to allow their teammates to get minutes as well? I hope they are, honestly. And I, I think Mark Pope's going to have to do some massaging of egos at points to get guys on board with one another and see the bigger picture of what he's trying to do as a head coach with all of these bodies. The nice part is, is that there's plenty of talent here for BYU to work with. The hope is that they all get along, everything is hunky-dory, and nobody's upset about their lack of playing time, etc. And you'd like to see that happen, but I also have my concerns that it could at one point flare up and become an issue for the BYU basketball program. I'd love to be wrong, but I'm just saying that these are young men who have egos that all want to contribute at a high level, and when you get egos involved and guys who are competitive is all get-out, well, you know what? there are going to be guys who are going to be upset with their lack of playing time. You don't bring a guy like Matt Harms in and say, you know what, Matt, we'd love for you to come play here, and we're going to beat out the likes of Kentucky and Texas Tech. But you know what? We're only going to give you 15 minutes a game. You happy with that? No, he's not going to be happy with that. He actually expressed that on this podcast. He wants more playing time. He wants more than 20 minutes a game. Well, 
I'm looking at it wondering, is he going to get maybe, what, 25 minutes a game at the very, very most if he's playing extremely well in any given game? 20 minutes might be a might be the cap of what you get unless you're really just lights out during a game and Mark Pope's writing the hot hand. I don't know how Mark Pope is going to manage this. I don't know how he's going to go about getting guys on the same page if they don't necessarily see the time that they want. There have been rumblings in the past of guys who've been unhappy with their perceived lack of playing time and have threatened to transfer. Well, you know what? That's what comes with high-level athletics, and that's why Mark Pope gets paid the big bucks, because he has to make these decisions and also understand that he's not going to have everybody be happy at the same time. I think he's smart enough to understand that. I think he'll do his best to absolutely work around any issues that may pop up, but I can guarantee you there are going to be issues just because this is just how things go in athletics. I think the nice part is, is on paper right now, guys, this BYU roster, it is deep, it is talented, and there is no reason why they can't go out and challenge for an NCAA tournament spot again next year. I think that Mark Pope and his staff have done a masterful job putting this roster together despite losing seven seniors from last year's team. I look at this roster and I have no problem saying, you know what, this is a team that should go to the big dance in March. Let's hope we have a big dance next year, obviously, because this year's got canceled, but everything about this squad as it's currently constructed screams to me this is an NCAA tournament caliber team that will obviously be challenging probably for the number two spot behind Gonzaga but the nice part is it appears that Mark Pope has every intention of nipping right at the heels of Gonzaga with the hope of overtaking them at some point might be a hard sell to ultimately do that in the long run but for the time being it appears that Mark Pope is absolutely doing everything he can to catch the big dogs in the West Coast Conference. So there you go. A little bit of a look at BYU's basketball team. And like I said, I'm hoping that all these guys can coexist in the same sphere together and understand, you know what, there's bigger goals at stake than just our individual stats. And I understand that guys want to play professional basketball, but you got to hope that, you know what, if I buy into this team concept, we're going to go a lot further as a team than we are going to go as individuals. And We'll see if they buy into that or if this is something that crumbles on them because egos do get in the way. All right, we will switch gears here. Talk some BYU football here in just a sec. We need to get to our player countdown series. 66 days away from BYU and Utah kicking things off at Rice Eccles Stadium. We'll get to the best Cougar to, wear that, to have worn that number in BYU history here in just a second. Before we do that, though, need to take a minute and talk to you about our good friends at rockauto.com today, guys. rockauto.com is a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers for over 20 years online. They have every part for any type of car that you guys might need from multiple manufacturers. That's what I love about rockauto.com is the versatility they bring. They're not going to send you to their site and then say, you know what? We have this part for your car from this manufacturer at this price. They've got multiple options, multiple features, whatever your car, truck, or SUV might need, they've got it for you. Uh, Tell light, if you need to fix that, you need new carpet in your car, you want some shag carpeting, you can probably get that at rockauto.com. I would encourage you guys to go check out their catalog. You can search by manufacturer. You can search by the model for your car. You can search by price even. Tell them what price point you're willing to pay. That's what rockauto.com is. The versatility is their calling card, and they do a great job. And the best part of it all, it's shipped right to your door. You go, And also one other part for you guys, your mechanic will not get a better part or better price on a part at rockauto.com than you can get yourself. 
It is a great low price, reliably low pricing at rockauto.com. I would encourage you guys to check them out. Go to rockauto.com. Make sure to write locked on in the how did you hear about us box when you stop by. Love hearing about your success stories when it comes to rockauto.com. So go check it out. Get all the parts your car will ever need with reliably low prices. That is our good friends at rockauto.com. All right, guys, let's wrap up this Monday edition of the podcast with some BYU football talk. And, of course, we've been doing these player countdown series, and we're just 66 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season, and I couldn't be more excited. Obviously, there's concern about COVID-19. I, I completely get that. But my mentality when it comes to this podcast is I'm looking forward and anticipating the football season starting on time. I think the NCAA is also anticipating that because they've also agreed to that six-week return-to-play program or plan, I guess I should say, that they signed off on just a couple weeks back. That kicks into gear middle of next month, and it'll carry us on into the football season. And here's hoping that everything is smooth sailing from here on out. But we're going to talk about the best player to wear the number 66 here on today's podcast. And the, the player wearing number 66 right now is James Ampey, obviously. Standout center for BYU, a guy that's going to go to the NFL regardless if he declares after this upcoming season or after his senior season in 2021. He has the ability to be a, a starter at the NFL level, I feel like. He is just an incredible center. And his father, Mike Ampey, a former coach at BYU in two different stints, also wore the number 66 and was a finalist on this in this group of our finalists for today's podcast. But an interesting note about today's uh, list of finalists is this included the first non-BYU football player in the countdown. We've gone, what, uh, from 100 all the way to number 66 with all BYU football players. Well, today brings us our first non-BYU football player, and that is former BYU softball star Ianetta Lei. Netta was an incredible first baseman for BYU, almost the prototypical power-hitting first baseman in women's softball when she played for BYU in the mid-2000s. A four-time All-Mountain West Conference honoree, she was just an absolute standout player and just a monster. She was All-American Honorable Mention as a sophomore, second-team All-American as a junior, and then a first-team All-American as a senior when she played for the Cougars. Her senior year, just listen to this, her stat line, 413 batting average, you heard me, 0.413, 20 home runs, 82 RBIs. Monster, monster numbers. I know they don't necessarily look all that great when you compare them to maybe Major League Baseball numbers, but in the softball realm, those numbers are otherworldly, it feels like. She's a two-time Mountain West Conference Player of the Year, four-time All-Mountain West Conference honoree selection, and I think, honestly, Netta deserves the number 66 as the best Cougar to wear that number. You may call me biased because my wife is a BYU softball alum, but I'm telling you guys, Netta was fantastic. If any of you saw her play, you would understand what I'm talking about. The other finalists on this list, like I mentioned, included our good friend Mike Empey, uh, Carl Bowers, and offensive lineman Tom Bell, who was an offensive uh, lineman who was an all-conference selection, similar to Mike Empey. Empey won the fan vote, I will admit that. 69% of the vote went in favor of Mike Empey. Netta Lay came in at 14.9%, Carl Bowers at 11.5%, and Tom Bell getting a little bit overlooked here, 4.6% to bring up the rear. So the fan vote today goes in favor of Mike Empey, and I have a hard time disagreeing with that. He was a great player in the 1990s for the BYU football program. 
played along and pretty talented offensive line for BYU, but stood out on his own. His son, James, now wearing the number 66 for BYU, a standout in his own right. But I have to say, I am picking Netalei because her ability to dominate the women's softball game was truly incredible. And it's unfortunate that her teams at BYU, when she played there, couldn't advance past the divisional round of the NCAA tournament. But you know what? Baseball and softball are more team-oriented than most sports are. You have to have all of your teammates doing good things, hitting the pitches at the right time, etc., to have success. And the pitching, obviously, is a concern at that level as well. So the fan vote today going in favor of Mike Empey, but Jay Catch is going to go against the grain once again here and pick Netalei as the best player to have worn a BYU uniform wearing the number 66. These player countdown series are a ton of fun, guys. I've been learning so much about athletes that I grew up watching and rooting for. But it's also fun at the same time to find out more about them when you look back at what they did in their BYU careers. I got nothing against the guys like a Mike Ampey and a Tom Bell and also a Carl Bowers. I think all of them are fantastic players in their own right for BYU, all all conference selections, etc. But when you have a player like Netta, who just absolutely dominated her sport and for BYU. Softball doesn't necessarily make headlines all of the time, but when she was doing what she was doing for BYU, she did make headlines. It's hard to pick against her. So my selection today is Netta, but the player selection or the fan selection today goes in favor of Mike Gamby. Both of them deserving honorees and still a lot of fun to be doing this with you guys each and every day. A reminder for you guys, you guys can vote on these polls when you go to twitter.com. Look us up, Locked On Cougars. You can vote on the poll, have your vote heard, your voice heard each and every day as we talk about the best Cougars to have worn those respective numbers. Tomorrow will be number 65. Another good setup of linemen. Our run on offensive linemen is going to come to an end here pretty quickly as we get closer to number 60. Then we break into the 50s and linebackers pop up. Running backs and defensive backs start showing up after that. Going to be a lot of talented groups of BYU players coming up in coming weeks, and hopefully you guys are all on board with this. So search out the show on Twitter, at LockedOnCougars. Also the same name if you want to find us on Facebook and or Instagram as well. That's going to do it for this Monday edition of the show. Hopefully you guys are all doing well. It's a ton of fun to be with you guys each and every day. I can't express how much fun I have on this podcast, and a big thank you for your continued support of the show. Feel free to weigh in anytime via email. The email address for this show is LockedOnBYU at gmail.com if you want to weigh in there. Coming up this week on the podcast, we'll have another position preview or two. Of course, our opponent preview, we're going to talk about Boise State. Hoping to have one of their writers or broadcasters on with us to talk about the Broncos, who actually are dealing with a situation where the campus was shut down last week due to COVID-19 concerns. Interesting situation up there in the city of trees. How is Boise State navigating all of that? We'll hopefully get an insight on that for you this week on the podcast as well as continuing our player countdown series. And stay tuned for that all week long. A new player each and every day as we count you down just another day closer to BYU and Utah kicking off the football season today. 66 days away from today, 65 tomorrow, 64 the day after that. You get the gist. It's a lot of fun to do each and every day. All right, that'll do it for us. Hopefully you guys are all doing well, staying home, staying safe. If you're out and about, wear that mask. Let's all curb the spread of COVID-19 so we can have sports back in our lives in short order. Have a great rest of your day whenever you hear this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast for June 29th, 2020. We will talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.